guys, and welcome to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the unfiltered mental health podcast dedicated to the things nobody wants to talk about in real life. My name is Christina, your host, and I just got back from a week-long quote-unquote vacation in Virginia. Um, I say vacation in air quotes because it was a trip to see my family and in case you don't know by now my family is huge and loud and I don't want to say completely drama filled because okay it there's a lot of drama all the time whenever I go visit it's it's not always the bad kind of drama but it's not a vacation and while I enjoyed my stay immensely and loved seeing my family for the first time in eight months I want to say longer than eight months I'm glad to be home. I had a really crazy experience flying home. Uh, I was supposed to get back to Seattle Saturday night, but there was a delayed flight in Charlotte, and I ended up having to crash in Charlotte for the night before I could take a flight back here at 5 a.m. the next morning. Shout out to my sister, Caroline. Uh, You might remember her from the podcast episode about family a while back. And uh, her boyfriend, Alex, they happen to live in Charlotte. Well, Alex does. Caroline was visiting him, which was extremely fortunate because I was able to crash with them. And uh, Alex drove me to the airport at 4 a.m. the next morning. So shout out to them. You guys are angels. But yeah, I was basically up from 2.30 a.m. Virginia time, which is 11.30 p.m. at night, Seattle time, until... 11 p.m. last night, which is like 1 a.m. I, I don't know. I, I'm still like kind of jet lagged, so I might not make any sense. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah, my trip was good. It was really great spending some quality time with my siblings. I have six of them, all younger than me. And especially like the three younger siblings, I didn't grow up with them during their teenage years. Like I was already out of the house by then. And so every time I go home and see how they've progressed, it's really exciting. And um, they're just really cool people. I'm really inspired to see how they're doing and how they're turning into their own person. That that sounds really cheesy, but um, it's true. Like my little sister, E, she plays volleyball and she's a badass. And then My brother David is a lifeguard and he's a senior in college. Like, I can't believe it. It's insane. Yeah, it's just it's just awesome to see them. Like I said, I'm excited to be home. I can't believe the summer is almost over. It's freaking me out a little bit. I I feel like I just moved to Seattle yesterday in January and the year is already over halfway done. And I, I just feel like I've wasted a lot of my time here, but... Um, This upcoming month, I'm going to really be pouring myself into my job search, so cross your fingers for me. I'm really excited about the episode I'm going to share with you guys. Um, I recorded it a few weeks back with my friend Jamie, who is visiting Seattle. We had a really great time and talk about some cool things, so get ready for that. While I was in Virginia, I also recorded an episode with my sister-in-law, Abby, uh, which was so much fun. I really feel like I got closer to Abby on this trip. And so really excited for you guys to hear her take on uh, mental health and culture. But um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I'm going to let you guys enjoy the episode with Jamie today. 
Um, honestly, I'm recording this intro and then I'm just gonna like chill for a little bit at the house. I, I still have to unpack from my trip. I thought I had therapy at 10, so I woke up early, but it turns out it's at 1. Isn't that the best feeling? So now I'm just kind of, you know, fucking around until it's time to leave. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. As always, if you want to be a guest on the show or you just want to say hi, you can reach out to Pickles and Vodka Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my email is picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, I always love hearing from you. And I do need more guests for the upcoming months, the fall months. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a great week and enjoy the episode. Testing, testing. All right. This is really exciting. <laughs> you look really nervous. I'm terribly nervous. <laughs> but you shouldn't be. Um, I have a guest in the actual room with me for the first time in forever. So this is weird for me, too. We're both like hunched over the microphone. Hunching. It's kind of uncomfortable, but I mean, I'm not uncomfortable, but you look a little bit uncomfortable. I'm totally fine. <laughs> okay. So this is special because I met Jamie today yes. after knowing her online for a while. And um, you want to say what we just did today? Um, so we just went rock climbing at Stone Gardens in Seattle. And had fun, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, um, I made a complete fool of myself, and my arms feel like noodles, but um, I'm glad we did it. It was really fun. I think you did pretty well. You did better than I did. <laughs> uh, I might post a picture uh, later if I feel like brave enough. But yeah, it was really fun. We had a good time, and Jamie graciously um, accepted the offer to be on the podcast. That sounds so formal and weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked Jamie to be on the podcast and she said yes. And so I'm super happy that she's here and we get to interview her about all her deep, dark secrets. Right. <laughs> OK, we're, we got a little ahead of ourselves. Do you want to start out by just introducing yourself? So my name is Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hi, I'm 28. And where are you from? Um, OK, um, I'm from Chicago and Pretty much all I do is rock climb and work. Where do you work? I work at REI. And what do you do there? I work in the camping department, so I help people with tents and that kind of stuff. That sounds fun, actually. It's really fun. I like to interact with people and learn about all their trips that they're going on that I can't go on and live through them. <laughs> How long have you been working there? I've worked there for two months. Okay. Yeah. So it's still new. It's new. I'm now, new. You, you told me that you've moved around a lot. Yes. Walk me through. <laughs> Give me your life story. Okay, so I was born and raised in Chicago. Technically, I was born in a, a suburban hospital, but I was raised in Chicago. Um, we moved around Chicago a lot in my youth. And then when I was an adult, I moved to Colorado for a time. And then I also once lived in Honduras while working on a farm. How did you end up in that situation? I'm really curious. Uh, in Honduras? Yeah. You just say it so casually, like, oh, I've lived in Honduras on a farm for a while. No big deal. I was engaged to oh, someone. Okay. And I wanted dual citizenship. So Was he from he was there? He had dual citizenship. He was he would move back and forth between 
here and there a lot. Okay. So I wanted to do the same thing, but clearly that did not <laughs> work out. Um, and it's for the better because I wouldn't have been here. Okay. I Where is Honduras exactly? Is it in South America? I'm, I'm probably revealing my ignorance now. It's in Central America, okay. just south of Guatemala. Okay. All I know about that region is that good. I like the coffee from there. <laughs> I brought some coffee back and it was it was really good. So when did this all happen? Like, how old were you? <laughs> You're, she's making a really confused face right now, like racking the depths of her brain. I think I was 22 or 23. Okay, so you got engaged really young. Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> it was more, my family was in love with this guy more than I was. Yeah, how did that all come about? How did you guys meet? We worked together and um, I got comfortable because I was working hard to support myself and help out with my grandmother. Now, are you close to your family? Not particularly. We have been getting closer as I moved back in with my mom for a time. Um, Do you have any siblings? I don't. Okay, so you're the only child. Yes. Are your parents together? No. Okay, so... Did, when you were growing up, were you living with your mom or your dad? Your mom? My mom. Okay. And your grandma, did she live with you guys as well? Um, we moved in with her when I was in high school in my um, junior year because she was her health declined and she needed full-time care. Okay. So you met this guy at work, and how did you get engaged so fast? Like We had been together for about a year, and he asked, and it was like a joke, but we just went with it. Because it was comfortable or... Yeah, it was easy. I enjoyed having an excuse to not live at home. Yeah, I Um, get that. Because at my job at the time, I wouldn't have been able to afford rent in the area that I was living in and going to school, and I was paying for that out of pocket. Yeah, that would seem like a really attractive option. I mean, I moved in with my ex a little, probably too soon, just for the same reason. Like, it's easy to split costs with someone and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people do it for that reason. I mean, it's not always a bad reason, you know, but it shouldn't be the only reason. Right. So I ended it with him because he had serious health issues that he would not make changes for. To in order, They were changes he could have made to stop these health issues. He wouldn't make them. And I didn't want to live with someone who was possibly going to die like and but didn't care like it wasn't like it wasn't cancer it was a self-inflicted health issue i I might be getting a little ahead of myself right now but um you struggle with an eating disorder um and we i can ask you about like your mental health and stuff later but i think it's interesting that you say that because like as someone who is very uh self-destructive in nature i mean i'm totally the same way like if if one of my loved ones were you know, heard it like dying and they could stop it, I would be so mad. But, you know, when it's yourself, it's different. I mean, were you dealing with your own shit at the time? I was actually the healthiest I'd ever been mentally for about a five-year span, and that was in the middle of it. Okay, so so he didn't re- react well when you expressed that to him? Yeah, and it was it was just we were going different ways in our personalities anyway. Both of us changed. Um, yeah I mean yeah you're so young yeah like that you can't sorry I I know a lot of people that got married young but I I just it's crazy to me because you have so many changes you're still going through you don't know who you are yet yeah I'm really glad I 
You dodged didn't a bullet. Make that change. <laughs> After that, what did you do? Did you move back in with your mom? I did. I moved back in with my mom and I stayed with her taking care. I was the full-time caretaker for my grandma while doing all my work and school stuff. It was between me and my mom. Okay. And then my grandma died and I entered a like an abusive relationship. So oh, I no. really have great relationships. Uh, just a lot of things happened and I started declining in my mental health after having done a lot of work to get healthy. So you weren't healthy before? No, I've had a history of mental health issues issues since I was about eight. Did anything happen to to trigger that? Or you think it's just like chemical? I think it's chemical and environmental. There's just a a reason I don't speak to my father. Okay. So um, you've been, you had been working on that for a long time and you were in a happy place and then this abusive partner came into the picture and kind of set things off again or yeah so that came to a head he also suffered or struggled with mental health issues I feel like that's the case a lot of times yeah that happened and then my grandma died and I was working 80 hours a week damn um and then I was raped fuck Um. sorry I'm like (laughs) I'll probably edit out my little, like, <laughs> damn, like, my little commentary. And so, uh, anyway. Um, um, so, it was just a, a big, bad time. I started drinking more, and that was really the only reason I, n- I didn't get to a point where I was underweight again. Was uh, your body image issues, have you struggled with that your whole life? Yeah. Um, Would you say that's, like, the main thing that you struggle with? Or, like, if you could diagnose yourself. It's more for me about the sense of control or not feeling good enough Mm -hmm. um or worthy of anything like anything 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 yeah yeah I've struggled with depression and anxiety for my whole life I was diagnosed as like bipolar with schizoaffective tendencies I don't even remember because I was I was not given a a diagnosis as an adult because I avoided help for so long yeah so that you entered into a relationship with this person who was equally messed up <laughs> you could say yeah but he was you know he wasn't at first well yeah and you were going through so much at the time it was probably you know a relief to have someone to be with you yeah just a, a distraction it yeah. was someone who would drink and smoke and binge with me he didn't know that I would purge but Mm -hmm. you know someone else who was doing equally destructive things when I decided I was in a place where I didn't care about what happened to me yeah that's when my my relationship with my mother started getting better because I would lean to her who she hated him (laughs) (laughs) so they loved the other guy but they hated this guy yeah how long did that relationship last about Two or three years. Okay. Most of my relationships have been in that range. Do you think there's a reason that you pick these people that are often bad for you? I know today we've been talking a lot about a a lack of self-preservation, like how we feel like we don't deserve good things. Do you feel like that plays out in your relationships? Yeah. The example that I saw in my parents is somewhere... Even though I know that it's not right, it's somewhere in my brain. 
you know, your brain looks for the patterns that your childhood had and seeks them out in others, even if you can't tell that they're there right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things in therapy, I think, is like finding that stuff out, at least for me, because you kind of tend to bury that stuff. Like you internalize it. That's the word I was. You definitely like internalize it, but it can be difficult to process after the fact. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you didn't have the best role models. (laughs) Well, what was that like growing up and dealing with that stuff happening between your parents? It was very confusing because it wasn't like my dad didn't just leave. He left to be with a girlfriend, and then came back and left and came back. And I know my mom struggles with um, her decision to let that happen, just like I struggle with my decision to keep these poor examples of partners in my life. It's one thing knowing what you should do, and it's another thing doing it. Yeah. You know, it's easier said than done, and no one's perfect. You know, your parents aren't perfect. They don't always do the right thing, and that's kind of a hard pill to swallow when you're a kid. And it sounds like you had to see that earlier than most how, how old were you when they got divorced so they're still legally married okay but um the first time my dad left was i was around five and the last time i saw him i was a junior no i was a sophomore in high school but they hadn't been together since i was maybe 13 okay so it had been a while It just was really confusing because I didn't know, like, you know, okay, uh, great, how long are you here? Or there was a time when it was like, great, you know, he's back and happy, but after a while you realize he's just going to leave again. Yeah. Do do you find that you're afraid of people leaving now? Like, do you have a hard time trusting that people are, like, in your life to stay? I find myself pushing people away uh, because I don't think that I deserve the happiness that I do have in the relationships that I have today. So I struggle with not isolating myself. Yeah. um, Which is very easy since most of my support isn't even in the same state as I am. Yeah. I mean, so going back to your whole life story. um, So when you met this toxic guy or you guys, you were in Chicago again? Yeah, we... We were in a suburb. We lived in Skokie. Okay. If- I, I kind of know. I, I, I grew up in a Chicago suburb as well, but it's been a hot minute. So what finally led you to end things with him? He broke something of mine. Like, he would break things and, like, headbutt me. And I just... He was really convinced that I was cheating on him, which I never, ever did. And I was presented with the opportunity a week before I broke up with him. And I realized, like, I don't, I would have done it, probably, if not just to be petty and be able to say I've never cheated on you. But, yeah, he he was um, very aggressive. And then when I finally started standing up for myself, he would threaten to kill himself if I left. And you just get fed up and you realize this is completely stupid. He asked me if I was stringing him along as if um, he was a catch. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I said yes, and he got up and left. And that was it? Yeah. And then um, I moved out and the, f- the next day. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's very sudden. I'm really good at when I decide to cut someone off, 
there. I don't wait around and, um, you know, hem and haw. I just, they're gone and I am always better for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good thing in some ways, you know, like it's important to be able to recognize if someone's hurting you or helping you and if they're hurting you in any way, you should cut them off. And not, not everyone can do that. So I think that's a good thing and a good skill to have. But it also sucks that, like, you had to go through what you did to, like, learn. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm glad for everything. I know it sounds <laughs> stupid. No, it, it doesn't. If I hadn't had, especially with the re- relationship I had after this guy, um, it wasn't really a big relationship, but it was a, an intense relationship. I'm happy for everything that happened because I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have met the people who were without a doubt responsible for keeping me alive if I hadn't been in these shitty situations. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hate it when people say, like, everything happens for a reason. But, I I, I mean, I don't believe in regrets either. And I... I do think you can take, like, the bad things in life and, like, at least learn something from them, you know? Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do, just focus on that versus I really wish that I hadn't wasted so much of my time. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that sucks about getting older is that you you look back and you're like, why did I do that? And you can't get that time back. No. And, And it's like you can't tell people not like when you're young you don't want to listen to anyone yeah so it sucks yeah my favorite part is um all my family members who now that I have cut another person out of my life saying that you know they they had told me to do this like and I I didn't listen because you're in it but you just see like you're eventually going to be the person I'm eventually going to be the person telling someone that down the road who's going through what we already went through and they're not going to hear it no that's literally happened to me before with with a close family member i i was like listen i've been through this i can give you advice but they didn't want to listen because you know i mean but but they have to go through it you know that's how you grow as a person so how would you describe your mental health these days i'm staying afloat okay you were just in the hospital. Yeah. Um, like two months ago, you said? Yeah. Sometime, I think the beginning of June. Okay. Do you mind talking about like what led up to that? I'd been struggling. I just quit a job and a relationship that I had had for 10 years. Um, it was a friendship that had many ups and downs and ins and outs. And so this friend was my boss, and he was a toxic human, and I didn't want to see it, and it um, it wore on me every day, until one day um, he said something to me that I couldn't stand. So I told him that I quit, and I never wanted to see him in person or speak to him through any means other than text again. So like all of that, you know, it doesn't change that you miss someone. Yeah. Even if they're terrible. Yeah, um, for sure. But the aftermath of having let myself be in that situation with such a toxic environment for so long, this was the only person that I saw every day. Um, I saw my roommate, but not as much, not for hours on end. It's hard to just, like, quit someone like that cold turkey. Like, 
I struggled, but I had a really good support system to kind of remind me that this is, I actually, I actually didn't struggle. I actually didn't want to reach out and say, how are you doing? I didn't want to hear about his life. I didn't want any news of the company. Were those things that you, you were worried were going to trigger you or yeah. be an issue? Yeah. Because I, I completely cut it off. And um, I on my social media, we had a bunch of our clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were surprisingly not prying. Some people knew. They just knew something happened. And I just tried to stay really vague and not drag him through the mud because... I just don't want him to be able to say I've done anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not, it sounds like your image is really important to you, like how other people perceive you. Um, Would you say that's accurate? I really don't care what people think of me, but I, I also don't want to drag someone through the mud, even if they deserve it. Okay. Um, is it just like for your own peace of mind? It's, it's pointless. Mm-hmm. Like if they knew, if they all knew the truth, if they knew every little secret, what am I going to gain? Yeah. Nothing. And I'm going to have a lot more stuff to deal with. Sorry, I keep like wanting to burp. <laughs> it's bubbles. I know. My stomach is like making all these crazy noises. Do you want some regular water? No. No. Must only be bubbles. Oh, I love my sparkling water. Okay, so... How did you end up in the oh. hospital? Um, so I had been relapsing uh, for quite some time, and in, I've just been hide- like denying it. Into your eating disorder? Or? That and, you know, my other uh, poor coping skills. Okay. Um, and, you know, when you get to the point where you're talking to your roommate about how proud you are that you haven't eaten anything in two days... And this person is uh, what most would call a normal person. Then you need to kind of step back and think about things. But that's not why. Um, I was seriously planning uh, to kill myself. Um, had you been thinking about it for a while? Yeah, I had had a plan for when I moved or when my roommate moved. But um, things started looking better. So I didn't do that, and but the feelings were still there. Right. And I was alone one day um, for too long, and I couldn't handle it. I was binging and purging and crying in a house that wasn't even mine. I wanted to self-harm. I wanted to take a bunch of pills because that's all that I knew that I had. There were knives and swords accessible to me and it was too much. So I, um, I got a ride to a hospital and stayed there for four days. Okay. So it wasn't very long. But they helped you like stabilize or? Yeah. Did they put you on any medication? They did. And I'm still, still working on that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So when you got out, like, like you must've felt really vulnerable you lost this person who was in your life for so long. You had to live, you know. You you decided not to kill yourself, so the other option is just living. So, but it, that can be really daunting. Yeah. How did your? You said you had a good support system. How did they help you when you got out? So 
my boyfriend who's never had to really deal with anyone this mentally ill, I guess, <laughs> um, basically became the, um, what is it? Like a caretaker or like? Uh, he, he was the middleman. He, he relayed messages. He told people cause I just stopped contacting people and all, all the people who I knew were from out of town. So they had no way of knowing why I just stopped talking to them. It's like a blessing and a curse. Like it's it, when you have people far away, it's like you can hide it so easily, but yeah. then you, it just lets you get sicker and sicker. Yeah. And, um. He came to visit me, and he his friends came when he couldn't, and he was there to pick me up, and he brought me things. Now, how long have you been with him? For four months. Okay, so so this happened pretty early in your relationship. Yeah, I think I so, think the fact that he's still with you like says something. Yeah, I was um I mostly when I got out I was feeling bad, okay. um, feeling guilty about what existing. Okay. Being a burden. I've always felt like a burden. Yeah. Um, he, he took on a strong role of just managing who could contact me. And um, I only talked to him and my roommate and my mom. Um, so he was kind of like your, your guardian angel. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, that's really yeah. impressive. It's, that, like, that he it sounds like he really stepped up to the plate. Yeah. And he is he's really great and whatever <laughs> um it this is the healthiest relationship i've ever had um and something i appreciate um even though as an introverted person who doesn't like new things um he's ma- made me try a lot of new stuff like rock climbing okay well, that's that, that's been pretty important to you right yeah, yeah. um how has, how has it affected your mental health? It's definitely giving me something to look forward to. You know, I did, I used to work in the fitness industry, so it's not like I'm not familiar with working out, but um, having a puzzle or a challenge that, especially one that I don't, that I can't do, um, like one day, and then wanting to go back and finish it before they reset it, it gives me more hope and uh, a, a greater desire to live. No, totally. I, I keep, like, burping into the microphone. It's so glamorous. It's cool. Burps are great. <laughs> so you said you, you don't like to try new things. Have you always felt like that? Um, I've always had a, a problem with my routine being changed. Okay. Um, since I was a kid, that would not be okay with me but as a kid I was much more appreciative of new things because it's always great to learn I love learning and I guess at some point I I have lost that love but the only way you can learn is by doing new things yeah even if it's just reading a new book or whatever do you feel like you you mentioned earlier that a lot of your issues come from control being in control do you feel like disrupting your routine endangers that oh absolutely um oops <laughs> what did what i cracked my knuckle oh no it's fine um yeah because when you try new things okay. you can't control the outcome and 
there there is potential for like reward but there's also a lot of potential for risk yes because you're not in control no at least if it's something familiar you can have a set of expected outcomes like if something is different but in the realm of something i expected that's cool but a straight up change is really hard sometimes i'm a lot better now about accepting that especially with my boyfriend because he likes to plan things um the minute of <laughs> so he's he's pretty impulsive yeah but if it weren't for that i wouldn't have found something i can say i'm passionate about because over the last 3 or so years i've had no passion hardly any emotion that takes a real toll on you. Yeah, there's so much that I used to love to do. I was creative. I used to do art. I would sell my work. Um, but n- and now I, I look at a paper and I can't like do anything with it. But for right now, climbing has been the expression that I need to get things out. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to losing their passions because that's just how depression works you know it robs you of that and it also robs you of the ability to try new things and sometimes you do need like a little push so so how did your boyfriend get you to get into that so I would stay over every Wednesday and his routine um on Thursdays would be to go rock climbing and he'd always ask me since we met if I wanted to go rock climbing um, and I always said no because I was just, I didn't want to embarrass myself. Not going to lie. When you asked me if I wanted to go rock climbing, I really, I almost said no because I was so terrified of that very thing. But I don't know. I'm glad I did. Yeah. I think, um, I think everyone should try it because a lot of places, if you know someone who goes to the gym, you can get in for free for your first time. Um, so why not? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, people love introducing people to new things, too. Yeah. Like, you're not being a burden. You're not bothering someone necessarily. Because that's always my fear. I I feel like I'm intruding or, like... Wasting time and space. Yeah, exactly. But, But people, like, really love introducing people to new things. Especially, um, when they're passionate about it. Yeah. And I think... That word is interesting, passion, because it, it, I think it's overused in society. Like, it becomes this huge thing, like, what's your passion? Like, you have to have a passion. Um, but I, I think the form it takes isn't always big and, like, blazing. I think sometimes it can be more subtle. Like, how, how would you define it? A reason to not want to die as much yeah it's something you can pour yourself into you don't necessarily have to be gung-ho about it you can have a passion for something that you only do on the weekends yeah um just something that gets you out of bed maybe not every day but a couple times a week yeah no um in one of my last episodes my guest was talking about how one thing that's helped her is she found little things to look forward to 
And, and I, I can relate to that because when I'm in the worst in my depression, I I don't look forward to anything. Like I have no passion and it's really debilitating. Yeah. I think you need it. You don't know, you don't realize until you can't feel how important feeling is. And that, that I guess the same goes for having a passion or just an interest, like being yeah. in, yeah. If there's no point, if there's nothing that keeps you intrigued, what's the point in anything? I don't know. No, I, I totally agree. But but when you are depressed, it's really hard to find that. I mean, I'm, I'm going back to your um, rock climbing evolution. <laughs> um, when you first tried it out, like, was it obvious immediately that it was going to be like one of your passions or did you have to kind of settle into it? I fell in love with it the first time I did it. Okay. So I had done it as a kid, but when I went that Thursday, um, something my boyfriend likes to tell everyone that he introduces me to that I said was, I want to do this until I die. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so That's a pretty bold statement. Yeah, and I actually meant that. I believe I was insanely giddy that day because I couldn't believe I was feeling this way again. I thought I thought it was never going to happen. That's amazing. So now how often do you go rock climbing? I go once or twice a week, so not as much as I would like to because um, I don't have a car. So I, no. I, it takes me two hours to get to my gym. I just went climbing outside for the first time, uh, which was terrifying, and I did cry. <laughs> oh my God. But did you did you enjoy it? Absolutely. You know, it was frustrating to climb less than what I'm capable of because of my fear, but um, we still climbed. Did I mean I bet that was a big boost too for your self esteem, like knowing that you did that. Yeah. Literally climbing to the top of the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it at all. <laughs> it's so scary. And the only difference is inside climbing, the walls are still hard. Yeah. But because it's actual rock, your mind is like, it's so much harder. Yeah. There's like, it, like it's real. It's the real yeah, thing. This is real. I could die. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's interesting because we, I mean, we talked about being suicidal and not having a purpose or a reason to live. But it's interesting that you put yourself in that situation where you could die and you still did it anyway. It's like we were talking about earlier with the the person you were with who was killing himself and not doing anything about it. And it's, it's like that juxtaposition. Yeah. I find that really interesting. It's kind of another way of showing yourself you have some control because okay. how, how can you elaborate on that yeah like okay so um equipment could fail and i could die i could also let go or remove my gear and die but i'm not doing that you're not choosing to do it yeah i'm not choosing to do it if so. i die climbing rocks i mean i didn't choose to do that yeah that would suck <laughs> <laughs> so you're in control in that moment yeah um, do, do you feel like it empowers you? Like, oh. Making a good choice like that? Yeah, I do. I feel good each time I don't give in to the desire 
to make that final choice. Outside of rock climbing, how does that affect you? Like, do you find it carries over into your regular life, that feeling? I'm still working on it, but it does. What advice would you have for people who, you know, feel like they're unable to try new things or, like, they're never going to have a passion? Like, what was the main thing for you that helped? Um, I can't really say because just do it sounds so wrong. But what is going to happen if you don't try? Is the world going to come to an end? Yeah, like if you don't try, nothing's going to change. You're just going to stay miserable for sure. Right. And that's not to negate actual... When you have an anxiety attack over something new or routine changing, it does feel like the world is ending. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard for me to tell someone to just do something, just try it. Yeah. But um, that's what I would say. Yeah. Just baby steps. Yeah, do what you can. I would say yeah. just do it, but also do what you can. Yeah. You know, you were lucky enough to be able to be introduced to this hobby that you became passionate about instantly, but, you know, not everyone can do that. Maybe just looking up a hobby online, slowly introducing yourself to something um, talking to a friend that with a hobby. I mean, I, I know so many people that have so many amazing hobbies and I've never once asked if I can join them. And I think, and they, there's so many things available to you, but it's hard to take the steps to access that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the idea of passion in general, like how you, how you mentioned that. Cause it is really hard. Like you do lose that when you're depressed and, I think it's unfair of yourself to tell, like, for instance, you used to be artistic and like, I I can relate to that too. I used to read all the time and do photography and then I lost that passion. And I feel like today, I feel like the obligation to get those same passions back or else I'm a failure. But I think passion is something that can evolve over time. Like you probably never thought you would get into rock climbing. Yeah. And, and now it's, you know, it saved your life. So I think keeping yourself open to new things and just forgiving yourself. Like sometimes you ha- you have to let go of old passions and that's not does, doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah, and sometimes the the passions or hobbies that you think that you want to be the ones to break you out of this cycle aren't going to be the ones and you you mentioned the word forgiveness. So I wanted to say that you should forgive yourself if you know, you try something new and it's just not for you because not everything is for everybody. Rock yeah. climbing won't cure everybody <laughs> of depression. Disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I had a really fun time. I'm and it, and it, it was really uncomfortable at first, but um, yeah, I'm really glad you suggested that. I'm glad you came. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We're, we're, like, so exhausted right now. We're just, like, yeah. fumbling over our words. We've, we've had a really long day. And Jamie has a couple cute dogs to go home to. I do. I do. <laughs> I can't stop. Um, do, do you have any parting words? Um, be, I don't want to sound like 
I don't know. Like you have your shit together? Yeah, and I also don't want to be pat pat like patronizing. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, the whole point of this podcast is that not everyone has their shit together. Right. Cuz I still it's... don't, but it's just like in a nicer pile. Yeah, and I think you mentioned earlier you're 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 staying afloat. Yeah. And that's what's important. Yeah. In fact, I feel like the point of this episode might be, like, it's okay to not have your shit together. Yeah. I don't know. I, I find myself getting drawn into that need to be have everything go smoothly and everything has to be perfect. And this experience has to be this way. And if it's not, everything's ruined. And But, like, it's fine not to have your shit together. Yeah. And you are yeah. still struggling. Yeah. Like... But you're afloat. Yeah. It's kind of like in, when you rock climb, you don't want to have a tight grip. You actually want to have a loose grip. So maybe staying afloat doesn't mean tightening your reins and trying to control as much as you can. Maybe it just means letting loose a little bit. Yeah. So you don't pump out. <laughs> oh, that's great advice. It's it's easier said than done oh, for sure. I know. <laughs> um, it, it it's so hard for me to let go of things, but I love that image because it, it's true. Like you were like going through these rock climbing courses like a pro. I was like, how the fuck is she doing that? And like, I don't know. Some of those rocks were like, I was like, how does anyone hold on to them? I well, one I couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I do struggle in real life and on the wall, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, it's okay. Like no matter what you're going through, you'll be fine. You can always pick yourself back up and try something else. Maybe try a different rock, <laughs> different rock, different approach. If you keep doing the same moves over and over and it's not getting you somewhere, then maybe you need to th- sit back and think about what else you should be doing yeah for sure and it it does help to have someone like else watching you too and being like hey you're doing the same thing maybe you should like you I was trying this one rock and you were like hey maybe you should try that one and I, I hadn't even noticed it so maybe be receptive to the viewpoints of others because when you're stuck in like a depression hole you can't really see things clearly all the time yeah it's a tunnel vision. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, bye. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to let you get home to your dogs. Okay. Uh, I really love hanging out with you and talking to you. And yep. uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Yeah, guys. This is really exciting. A lot of you probably know Jamie online, but um, this is us. This is our crossover episode. (laughs) Woo-woo. All right. Um, You guys are all beautiful and amazing, and I hope you all find your passions eventually. And um, we are here to, like, listen to you and suggest things to you, you know? I just want to say I'm 28, so it took me this long to be where I am right now so if it doesn't happen immediately please don't quit yes that's a really good point like I see so many younger people like thinking the world is over and it's like 
some people don't discover their passion till, you know, their life's halfway over. And that's fine. Better, you know, better late than not at all. It sounds yeah. cliche as fuck, but... it's There's a reason it's so cliche, though. Yeah. Because it's true. It really is. So um, if, if we leave you guys with anything, it's that. Like, don't sweat it. You, it, it, you know, I don't know. What was that thing we were trying to make a thing? Chalk it up. Or chalk, chalk it up. <laughs> ABC. Always be chalking. Always be chalking. Always be chalking. Yeah. Uh, I have no, I-, I had no idea that chalk was a thing in rock climbing. And then Jamie just like handed me this giant bag of chalk and she was like, chalk it up. And I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, it keeps your hands from sweating. It's, yeah. it's really nice. Well, it absorbs the sweat. And sometimes if I get cut up on the wall, I'll use it to like help it cauterize. In my head, that helps. Uh, that's how can we, not medical advice though. How can we turn chalk into like a metaphor for mental health? Um... Sometimes you, well, hmm. I feel like you're onto something. If you're gripping too tight, you're going to be sweating because over-gripping is a thing. So just slip some chalk on those fingers and try a different hold. There you go. That's it. Words of wisdom from the master rock climber herself. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And don't be strangers. We reach out to us. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're both really tired in this, and it shows, but we love you guys, and yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.